Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 93. It's now been 44 weeks, three days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Today's show is all about new beginnings. After we listen to our inspirational snippet of Josh Woodward's I'm Letting Go, I'll talk about what I need to do in a new way in order to let go of today's topic. Then we'll have a couple of brief thank yous to new supporters of the show. We'll celebrate your responses to our newest brave companions from last show, Vina from Texas, Fernando from Brazil, and Shell from Wales. We'll welcome Cassie, our newest brave companion who goes on the bravery report for posting her first public comment on one of my blog posts. We'll talk about a brand new feature on Compulsive Overeating Diary, the blog and show inspired by Donnie's very brave request. Then even more touching and exciting bravery as Marquita overcomes her fear to tell us via SpeakPipe her own experiences with legalizing trigger food. Finally, we'll wrap up with a wonderful song called Brave and Free, written and sung by our very own brave companion, Fiona Lane, who will also share in her own words the brave steps she took in order to write it. So stay tuned, brave companions. I think today is going to be a great show, and it will certainly give us some new food for thought. Okay, Josh, what shall we let go of today? But I'm letting go. That was good to listen to that song, Josh. But Brave Companions, I have to tell you that I am just ahead of a whopping big storm. Mark and I just got back today from another trip to Ventura, and I was hoping to find a nice place along the seaside to record today's show. But we saw from the weather report that the storm was going to roar in first through Ventura and then follow us on the way home. So we decided to hop to it, get those bikes packed up, and drive our red convertible as fast as we could back to La Crescenta, where according to the weather, I should have maybe 90 minutes to a couple of hours before the storm hits me good and proper. So I ran up to the mountain to record, but no, I did not put on my hiking boots and go up to the upper Zen spot. I'm actually down here by the winery, the small little winery at Duke Mountain in the picnic area, so that if I need to, I can pack up and get out of here really quickly. But just the same, you might be hearing some of the wind. You might be hearing some cars go by the parking lot. You might be hearing different sounds than you usually hear, as this is pretty open and public. But due to the approaching storm, I don't see anybody here except myself. So we'll take a chance and see how it goes. Otherwise, we'll finish up the show up in my bedroom with our co-host, Tiger the Cat. So we'll just see what happens. All right, back to Josh. As I was listening to it, I was thinking, what do I need to let go of today? And when I was considering what should I let go of today, I thought of a show of a, a few episodes ago where I was talking about the past and how I needed to give up the regrets of my past lives. Well, today I was thinking I need to go a step further because somehow I feel if I ruminate on things enough, I can somehow go in the Wayback Machine and control the past. That's right. Somehow I've got wired in my brain this strange idea that I can go make things different. Right? I can go make it so that I didn't have an eating disorder. I can make it so I didn't make some of the mistakes in relationships that I did. I actually have this wrong-headed feeling that if I ruminate and think on it and analyze it and continue to analyze it, that I can go back and control it. And two blog posts that I've written recently that explore some of these feelings are, number one, one that I wrote the other day called, What Do I Really Want? 
And in that one, I take you through an entire day of my eating choices and kind of a risky day as I talk about getting ready for and then going to my voice acting lesson. And I practice all day long asking myself this question, what do I really want? Because so much of what I wish to control in the past, what I want to go backwards and to change, are times when I let myself be buffeted by the wind. That's kind of a cool thing for today, right? Because I got a lot of wind coming my way. But that's sort of how I feel I live my life. It's sort of being tossed to and fro by whatever happened and kind of going with the flow, but not in a flexible way, but in a people-pleasing, I don't know who I am, I don't know what my own identity is, so I have no clue of what types of behaviors, choices, work things, I don't know what to pick because I'm not used to asking myself, what is it, Lori, that you truly want? And I think, brave companions, that we're all in agreement that living an authentic life is a really good thing, something that we should strive for and try for and, and do, whether it's like, do I really feel like eating potato chips or do I really want some broccoli? And believe it or not, sometimes I really do want broccoli instead of potato chips. But I'll never know if I really want potato chips or broccoli if I don't ask myself the question, what do I feel like eating right now? So I've kind of been getting good at that. I'm pretty positive, even the times when I'm eating something that maybe I don't really want to eat all that much, I'm pretty good at knowing that in fact I am eating what I desire or I'm eating by habit or I'm eating from nerves or I'm eating for some other reason. But I want to go a little bit further on in my journey than just thinking that way about food. I want to start thinking that way about my life. Because, as I said before, so much of my life just sort of happened, right? It just sort of happened. It's like a greater author than me was just, you know, moving things, which can be great if you said, oh, Lori, you're so spiritual. You're letting go and letting God. No, I was just letting anyone. Joe down the street, anybody, the kid next door, what my mom had to say, what my dad had to say, what my brother had to say, what my cousins had to say, what anybody had to say. You want to do that? Fine. Shall we do this? Okay. Do you feel like doing this? Of course I do. But I didn't know if I did or I didn't. And I think that's all part of that whole lack of self-esteem that comes from not being good enough as you are. And in my case, and I don't know about you, but in my case, I think I was so busy people-pleasing in all choices, in all events, that I did not have a sense deep down inside of who Lori really was. I really didn't know who that person is or what she wants or what she wanted. I just didn't know. I knew somehow that I wanted acceptance, I wanted to be loved, I wanted to fit in, I wanted to be part of the tribe, you know, I wanted to fit in with the other kids, I wanted to fit in with my family, I wanted to fit in into every group, in every work environment, in every social situation, I wanted to fit in. But you know what, you can't fit into everything, it's impossible. So that's how we turn into these chameleon-like creatures, isn't it, brave companions? No matter where we are, we try to ascertain with our great empathy antennae, what do I need to be, do, or say to fit in well with this group or with this person? This job opportunity comes along, swell, I need a job, I'll take it. I'm always saying, what can I do to add value to your company? Which is actually a good thing. But I never really said, what can you do that adds value to who I am? What about you, company, is helping me use my strengths or progress as a human being towards these kinds of values, goals, or thoughts? You know, and when things turned out well, it was almost by happy accident or fate, or maybe there was a greater power looking out for me without my <laughs> direction. I don't know. But I do know that very, very little of my life was actually architected by me. Now, isn't that a strange thing for someone who has control issues like me? You know I like schedules, I like plans, I like things to go as I like. But that's really schedules, plans, and things about me 
trying to fit into an expectation. I need my house to look a certain way because that is acceptable. I need myself to look a certain way because that is acceptable. Or maybe rebel a little bit the other way. But my big point is, is that while I strive mightily, mightily, mightily to make my world as I would expect it, the bigger picture of what shall my world contain? What should it be? What are the attributes I want to cultivate in myself? So to better meet up with my values and things that make my life have meaning. I didn't really wrestle with those big questions. I really didn't give it much thought. You know, when drama school didn't really work out for me, when I, I did decide like, oh, I don't think I'm good enough to be an actor, so I better not do that. That's too scary to be like my friends and go to LA or New York and you know be a starving actor and go to auditions and let people tell me I'm too fat to be an ingenue and do that kind of thing. And I said, well, what should I be? Oh, I don't know. Well, my mom was a school teacher. I might as well be a school teacher. That's how much thought my teaching career got for me. Well, acting didn't work out, so what should I be? I don't know. I guess I'll be a teacher. Now, being a teacher was not a bad thing, and it was actually kind of a good match to some of my skills and my wants. But when considering one's future, you'd think maybe I would take more than a few seconds to decide, I guess I'll go to school and become a teacher. Not because I was listing like, oh, I really want to make an impact on the next generation or I really find that I get joy out of explaining things to people. None of that. It was like, well, my mom was a teacher. I guess I could be a teacher. That was it. And I guess that kind of worked out for Mark too because what he did was what kind of what his dad did. And I guess in other families that might work out. You know, the default is, well... If I don't know what to be, I'll be what my parents were, what my brother was, or what my other family member was. But even with, like, who should I date? Who should I go out with? How should I let them treat me? I never gave that a thought. It always was like, oh, you want to go out with me? Great, I'll go out with you. I'm so happy you want to go out with me. And then I would spend all my time worried about, how am I meeting your expectations? How am I meeting your needs? And when you do that kind of people-pleasing thing, you tend to grow very, very resentful because obviously your own needs aren't being met. But how can we in good conscience be upset with the people who aren't meeting our needs if we ourselves don't even know what our needs are? That's just crazy-making, right? Now, I have been fairly lucky, I would say, that I have learned as I went along and got to the great old age of 55 fairly satisfied with my life. But all of these twists and turns that sort of quote unquote happen really make me sad. And I think, oh, if only I had done this, if only I could teleport back in time and tell my young self, hey, Lori, don't do that. You want to do this instead. That would be a better path. But I can't. But I find myself thinking about it, spending a lot of energy on that, a lot of energy reviewing those past lives, a lot of energy trying to tell myself in the past what not to do or what to do. Now, well, brave companions, it's very good to take a look at your past and to learn from it and to notice it and to determine what in future you may or may not do based on those lessons. It doesn't do you one bit of good to try to go into the past and fix it there. You can't. All your regret, all your shame, all your embarrassment, anything that you feel that's negative that might be fueling your food compulsions or any other compulsions cannot be fixed by you spending time in the past continuously. And I just realized that on our latest trip to Ventura that I was spending a lot of time in my past. Not in the regret sense, but kind of like rehearsing what already happened really literally trying to go back and change it. Now, brave companions, how much can we go back in the past and change it? I'll give you three seconds. One, two, three. That's right, zero. 
We can go zero into the past and change it. Zero. The closest thing I could come to that is when I'm editing this show, I can go back into the past and take out one of my ums or ahs so that it didn't occur for you, the listener. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that I said ooh or ah. Okay, but that's the closest thing I can come to actually being able to change the past in the past. In actuality, as I said before, I realize all I can do is take a look at those things and where I feel these ouches, where I feel this pain, where I feel this large regret, I can ponder, where did that come from? And what fork in the road caused this feeling today? Is there something I can do moving forward to make it so I might not choose in that manner next time? That's what I can do. I can't go to the past and change it. I need to let that go. I need to let that go today on this stormy hillside. I need to consider the past, but let it go and know that the only thing I can change is this moment that I'm living with you right now, today. Okay, since I'm learning to let go of controlling the past, I need to let go that I forgot to mention the other blog post I wanted to mention. So I'm just going to mention it right now in my present. And that was one I wrote the other day called Shore, S-H-O-R-E, because I was there in Ventura at the seashore, right? Got it? Shore could use some, quote, selfie, unquote, love. <laughs> where a non-flattering morning selfie caused me to ponder aging and how different it feels to be me looking at this face that looks so much more like my mother and grandmother and some of those feelings that came up with me. Remember, I'm all in this past tangent, but I got some really good comments on that blog post, Shore Could Use Some Selfie Love. So I'm going to recommend that you go ahead today to today's show notes if you haven't read that blog post and take a look at it and read the comments. And again, if you would like to be notified when I write blog posts, then you can sign up on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com where it asks you to put in your email address to sign up for email notifications. Now, I also want a great big smack. Thanks to the Amazon shoppers. You guys have really been going to town, and I thank you so much for it. That really helps to support the show. So if you didn't know it, those of you who live in America, Canada, or in the UK, if you come to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash Amazon, you will find links to your various countries' Amazon stores, and if you will go through that link first and then buy all of your Christmas goodies, some portion of what you buy will come to me to help support this show. And it won't cost you one penny more than if you went directly to your Amazon store to do your purchases. Again, that's the USA, Canada, and the UK. I have affiliate accounts with all three of those countries. Come to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com Amazon. Click through to your store, do your Christmas shopping, and it will really help us out. I also want to give great big thanks to two new coffee clatchers who came to CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and supported the show by buying me some cups of coffee. And you can buy one or more cups of coffee as a one-time or sometime gift or subscribe monthly from the coffee menu found on the show notes of every single show page. I also wanted to announce or remind you before I go that I have a second Twitter account called The Bravery Coach, and I'm having a lot of fun with that. Every single morning I think up, how have I been brave today, and I send out kind of like a bravery fortune cookie saying, so if you would like to have a day with new bravery, sign up to follow The Bravery Coach on Twitter. After being introduced last show, Shell from Wales was hoping to find the right pages on which to post her thoughts and had success. Shell does post on day 92 and refers also to Stephanie's secret topic of the day. Shell says, 
I hope I am writing in the right place here. This is my practice run, because remember, Brave Companion Shell is blind, and so for her, she has to figure it out using her screen reader. Anyway, she says again, I hope I am writing in the right place here. This is my practice run. I just wanted to say what a nice day I'm having today, and I enjoyed the podcast so much. It is so interesting to hear everyone's different stories, and as you say, we all have different issues, but have all ended up here with a common problem to share. I am still catching up with the back issues, but if this comment ends up in the right place, then I'll be able to join in once I get caught up. Thanks, Lori, for such a nice episode, and have a lovely weekend, everyone. What a lovely accent the lady from Canada has with her surprise questions. She sounds like a film star. Stephanie from Quebec replied, and welcome new BCs, Fernando and Vina, too. The lovely star-like accent, that would be me, laughing out loud. I read that a couple of times. No one ever told me that. Although I do speak English quite freely, I am a little shy about my English speaking. I don't mind my accent, but sometimes feel I am a slow speaker looking for her words. So hello to you, Shell, and welcome to the community. I was humbled and touched by your wish to be autonomous on this blog, and here you are. How fantastic. And welcome to Fernando and Vina, too. Amy from Wisconsin adds her happiness at Shell finding us and gives us a tip. Congratulations on finding the right spot, Shell. Your name is my maiden name and the nickname my husband has for me still, so I felt a special need to say hello to you. I'm so sorry that you are struggling. I've been there and I'm still there sometimes. You mentioned in your letter to Lori that you are having trouble even starting the day without overdoing. One thing my therapist worked with me on is planning a healthy, satisfying breakfast that I will eat as soon as I feel hungry or have an urge to binge. I tell myself I can binge later if I still need to, but eat the healthy but yummy breakfast first. That has helped me so much. Some days I do still binge, but getting the day off to the right foot can do a lot to keep it going that way. Amy. Donnie posts her welcomes. Yay! Welcome, Fernando and Shell and Vina. Love us some new BCs to our group. Super awesome and so brave for sharing your story so we can get to know you as well. Then Donnie takes it a step further to make sure Shell knows she is welcome. Hi, this is Donnie, and I was just calling to say hi to Shell and wait, welcome to the brave companion camaraderie that we have here. I'm so happy that you're here. Look forward to hearing and more, learning more about you and your story. Lori's awesome, and I'm thankful for her every day, as is with all the rest of our brave companions. I admire you for your strength and determination. And again, like I said, I look forward to sharing in your story and your life journey, as well as for you to share in ours and getting to know us the same. Thanks, Donnie and BCs, for stepping it up. It makes a big difference to new BCs when they take that first brave step to contact us, and then they find out they are so welcome within our community. XOXOXOXO. And speaking of welcomes and bravery, our new brave companion, Cassie, bravely posted her first public comment on my blog post about aging, the one about the shore I was telling you about earlier. I sure could use some selfie love today. <laughs> Cassie writes, I just wanted to say thank you for saying all the things I've been feeling about getting older. I feel like a faded old photo of who I used to be. I have tried to take selfies, but I delete them almost instantly because I don't recognize that old, fat, and wrinkly person as myself. I have been overweight, obese, anorexic, or bulimic, orthorexic, or a binge eater, yo-yo dieter, or food or body image obsessed since age two. I know some of this crap is hereditary, but at age 50, I want all that wasted time back. Now I look and feel like it's almost too late. I hope not. You inspire me, Lori Dreamweaver. That's my Instagram name, Lori Dreamweaver. Uh, back to this. You inspire me, Lori Dreamweaver, not to give up to the despair and self-hatred. I want to spend whatever time I have left, my AARP years, following any embers of passion I can find in my cold, old soul. And I reply, Hi, Cassie, and welcome. I am so happy you are brave enough to share your authentic feelings here with me and the other brave companions. Your act is certainly worthy of putting yourself on the bravery report. 
You, like Suze, Cheryl, and many other BCs around here, have a striking way with words, and I look so forward to hearing more of your thoughts and getting to know you. We may have snow on the roof, as the saying goes, but we also have plenty of fire in the hearth. XOXO. Cassie is then astonished. Oh my gosh, I never thought I would get a reply. My insecurities always get the better of me. I can't wait to feel more a part of the company of brave companions. Thank you all. So, BCs, how about stopping by day 93 to welcome Cassie or replying directly to her comments on my blog post? I'll leave the link on today's show notes. Now I want to tell you about a new feature on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com called Advice Wanted. You can find it in the top menu via, quote, want advice, unquote, or directly from this URL, CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com slash advice. And here is the head you will find on the page. Usually we make it a request not to give each other unsolicited advice, but now and again, brave companions want some advice. So here's a place to ask if you want input outside of the show or blog topics. Post away, and it's fair game to give your helpful opinions on these posts, since BCs who post here would like to have your advice. Also, if you post your advice request here, I will try to feature it on an upcoming episode so you will have more exposure to the brave companions who mostly listen and they will know about your issue and request so they can come to the Want Advice page in order to give you their take on it. Any advice given here is the personal opinion of the poster and is not intended to replace professional consultation. If you need professional help, here is a link to the NIDA Find Treatment page. Lori is a fellow traveler, not a doctor, psychologist, dietitian, or trained expert in eating disorders. I decided to add this feature when Donnie sent me the following letter, and I had no place to post it. I'm going to read some of her letter and ask you, brave companions, to come to the website to read Donnie's letter in its entirety. I'll put the direct link in today's show notes on day 93. This is what Donnie says. Dearest Lori and my fellow brave companions, I know we've had discussion amongst not offering unsolicited advice. However, at this point, your opinion, advice, and or input will not be unsolicited as I'm asking for some guidance, I guess more so input. This is long and I summarize it in fast forward fashion as best as I can. I lost a lot of weight on Weight Watchers, as some know and some don't, a lot being 260.2 pounds. At first, I was pretty normal with my eating and living and going through life, and at some point over time, I became very rigid in my diet and choices, stopped enjoying life, became all about exercise, health, micromanaging my diet, living very reclusively and cutting out life slash living to where I was not participating in any life events, happenings, etc. for fear of strain off plan. Then Donnie described some of the food substitutions she made, whether she liked the food or not, and how it made her feel. I micromanaged meticulously every food slash drink I consumed. I had rituals I followed daily. Every Wednesday, for example, I ate the exact same thing. I would make desserts out of things that weren't dessert and close my eyes really tight and pretend I was eating something wonderful. I basically took the enjoyment out of life and living. I reached my goal weight. I reached my goal weight and then white-knuckled it for two years to stay there, feeling very deprived, miserable. I became totally fixated on food, eating. My days revolved around planning meticulously what I could slash would eat and when slash how, planning my life around eating slash food. Very rigid plans and rules. There was no changing, no flexibility either. I got to a very unhealthy place, physically and mentally. Then Donnie shares how she and her doctor decided to up her goal weight and why. The doctor recommended I should gain 10 to 20 pounds, to which I did very rapidly, in fact, more rapidly than she anticipated. I felt amazing. I got pep back in my step. I started living again, enjoying food, life, living. Things calmed down. I began to normalize my relationship to and with food and eating. It was weird, but I started to reclaim life, and with that, I also realized I'd reclaimed an eating disorder. I have a real problem. I border on binge eating disorder, I believe, and suffer extremely from compulsive overeating and just compulsive eating in general. I called my state of life and living diet hell prison. I wanted out so bad. I would eat food solely based on the value of them. If I had points, I would eat, hungry or not. If I was hungry and didn't have points, I may not eat. 
Donnie then goes on graphically to describe what it's like to be in the diet cycle of the binge dieting obsession. Diet Hell Prison is miserable. I chose to make a change and start the process of intuitive eating. I gained more weight than my doctor suggested, but she was actually thrilled, and it was kind of fast. I started getting freaked out. I felt like I was eating intuitively, eating all that I wanted, and I legalized all foods and found myself gravitating towards sweet treats a lot and eating larger portions of things like meats and peanut butter, things I basically forbade myself from ever having. I never really fit the definition of binge eating disorder, but I have what I like to call binge eating tendencies, where I forage for food, never a lot of food, or eat in so fast I don't realize it, etc. But it's almost a robot alien type foraging, where I'm consciously unconscious, consuming random foods, and kind of in and out of control. I can't want to, in a kind of an out of control, I can't want to stop manner. I had no idea how to listen to my body. I had no clue what my body was saying to me. I hadn't listened to it for years. I had instead listened to Points Plus and Weight Watchers. I started to get this under control. I started to listen to my body. I started to really like not feeling too full. The obsession with food started to dissipate. The constant thinking, planning, rigidness of it all was subsiding. Food started to lose their power over me. However, I was still gaining a little weight, and I saw a number on the scale that kind of freaked me out. I'm terrified of going back. I've lived my life obese, and I fear going back. I know the statistics are not in my favor. I wasn't ready to accept gaining weight or more weight. I gave intuitive eating a lot of energy. I really, really like it. I like the principles. I know that there is something to it. I like the freedom that helped bring life back to me, but the weight gain got the best of me. So about three weeks ago, I started counting Weight Watchers points again, and in doing that, I quickly realized how my intuitive eating adventures led me to weight gain. Then Donnie, then Donnie describes some changes she thought to make to her intuitive eating to better put her control of her weight. However, in only three short weeks, the diet hell prison is coming back and in full force. In the last days, I've thought of nothing but food and eating, starting to strategically plan what I could and should eat so my points last me through the day. I've seen my portion sizes increase dramatically, finding myself eating or not based on how many points I have left or don't have, and not taking any note of my hunger slash satiety. Then Donnie tells us many of the ways she feels she is slipping into unhealthy eating patterns. I find myself constantly thinking about food, thinking about what I can, will eat again, and what. Not eating ham because Canadian bacon is lower points when I really want ham. Weighing the pancake and tearing some off so it's less points. It's coming back so fast. I'm looking for some advice, support, or some input, something, maybe, just to be told I'm okay and I'm going to be okay. I think in my heart I know what to do, what I need to do, what I want to do. But I want to know what an outside view may hold, maybe. Just thoughts, thinkings. I know only I can make decisions, but your input matters to me at this time. It would probably help me a lot. P.S. This is me, Lori, now. Donnie has posted further on the Advice When I page and communicated via other means that she's feeling better. However, she would still welcome your thoughts on her issue. So please go give her post a read and see what comes to mind. And if you have a situation or some feelings that you would like advice or input on, feel free to post it here as we will all take that as a green light to let her rip with our advice and input. Next up, as you will hear, Marquita tried several times to put her thoughts together to share with you via SpeakPipe. When she heard episode 88 about me legalizing the chips, she was inspired to share her story. Hi, Lori and Brave Companions. This is Marquita. I haven't been active on Compulsive Overeating Diary for a while. And this is my fifth attempt at using SpeakPipe today because my thoughts seem to be not coming together very well. But I did want to say that I'm so thankful for you, Lori, for all the brave companions and all the time spent by people on your site to make this such a healthy, safe place to be, at least for me. And I love the podcasts, and I love the writings, and I'm very, very thankful and grateful. It's helped me through some rough times. Uh, 
I do want to say that about episode 88, about legalizing the chips, Lori, that I've chosen to legalize all my trigger foods. And this is an experiment for me in loving myself because what I eat, how much I eat, my body size, how I look, has all been tied to my self-esteem. And at my age of 55, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired of trying to please others. I'm, I'm tired of beating up on myself. And I want to enjoy life. I want to eat the foods I like. If, if it's chocolate, I want to eat chocolate and allow myself as much chocolate as I want without beating myself up for it. So I highly commend you legalizing certain foods in your life that have been triggers. Um, this is what works for me. I'm not recommending that you that anyone legalize all their triggers if that's not what works. But I really think it's a process of learning to forgive yourself. And I ate a whole jar of almond butter practically the other day. And... I just didn't feel bad. <laughs> and it was a really neat feeling. I also really enjoy, Lori, you talking about accepting your body and who you are. And that's another great decision I've come to is I'm not 25 years old anymore. And my body's changing. And uh, I'm proud of my body. It's strong. It's healthy. And anyway, that's, I guess that's a lot. All I have to say right now, it's a lot. I'm like a tumbling tumbleweed of thoughts today, but thanks so much, everyone. Take care. Bye. Hooray, Marquita. That was awesome. We are year twins as well, as we are both double nickel gals. Hooray for us. I don't know about you, but I feel we are awesome, sexy ladies, and no one can stand in our way. That's right, Marquita. When you're feeling bad, you just replay this one. We are awesome, sexy ladies, and no one can stand in our way. I'm so with you about being tired of beating myself up over food or my body issues. I'm tired of trying to be other than I am, and every day I accept myself is a happier day for me. I'm glad you are working alongside me and the rest of the Brave Companions on learning to love yourself and to discover the best ways to express that for yourself. Your message meant so much to me personally because it did give me assurance that I'm not alone on the path I'm choosing to follow, and I'm so glad that our journeys in intuitive eating and acceptance are helping us support each other. So brave companions, if you have thoughts on legalizing food, body acceptance, or you simply want to celebrate Marquita's fine bravery, please stop by on day 93 and share your thoughts with us. If you've been listening for a while, you will know that one of my personal braveries is trying to sing. I had a horrific phobia about singing, but one day decided on the show to sing a song I wrote as a kid for all of you. One of the people who really encouraged me that I could learn to sing and possibly write songs was brave companion Fiona. Fiona studied singing and is a songwriter. I asked her if she would allow me to feature one of her songs on this show and she graciously agreed. The song I picked really resonated with me. It's called Brave and Free. So first up, Fiona will share with us her story of bravery and how this song came to be written. Then I'll play her song for you. Hello, Brave Companions. This is Fiona Lane. I wrote the song Brave and Free, and Lori wanted me to talk a little bit about how I came to write the song. And... Um, so the first thing that happened was about a year ago, I quit my job. I was a housekeeper, and I worked as a housekeeper full-time uh, for three years while I was putting my husband through school. And uh, it was a pretty, pretty hard job. It was very physically draining, and uh, it certainly wasn't mentally stimulating at all. So... 
uh, every day I would kind of, you know, go to work and feel sorry for myself. And, but the money was really good. Um, the pay was actually higher than any job I had ever had before. So I couldn't justify quitting. So finally, when my husband was out of school and he got a good job, I was able to quit and I planned to take a six month break from working. Uh, or even looking for a job, because I knew that if I went back to work immediately, well, I would probably find a job that I just didn't really like, just out of desperation, Um, and I had never really found a job that I liked ever, so I wanted to really figure out what I wanted. Um, So I graduated in 2010 with a degree in voice, And I had never gotten a job where I was able to use those skills. Um, And so, obviously, music is a really big thing for me. I love to sing. Uh, Like Lori, I have made up songs since I was a little girl. And um, I always wanted to be a singer-songwriter, especially like uh, like Sarah McLachlan or, um, or Joni Mitchell. But I, I always gave myself excuses like, well, you know, at first it was, well, you can't really sing. You don't have a good voice. But then I, I broke down and actually majored in, in music and learned to sing. And that, you know, excuse wasn't valid anymore. So then I didn't have that one. So I found a new excuse. And that was, oh, well, I'm not good enough to accompany myself on piano or guitar. So therefore, I can't write a song. And so there was always some excuse. So this time I wasn't working. I had pretty much no structure to my life, like no, nothing to do, nothing to worry about. I had a lot of time on my hands. And I just kind of stumbled upon this website. Um, it's called FOM.org, February Album Writing Month. And so it's F A W M. Org. And it's this website uh, put together by, I think, a group of friends who are all songwriters. And it's a free, uh, free songwriting challenge that happens every year during the month of February. And the whole thing is that you sign up and then you, the challenge is to write 14 songs in 28 days. And you get support from this online community of fellow songwriters. And it's amazing. And so, you know, I saw the site. It was actually just before February. It was like the end of January, maybe one week to go. Um, And so I had time to sign up for it. And, of course, I immediately thought, oh, no way. There's no way I can do that. And then, well, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I just said, you know, to heck with it. I, if there's any time that I'm going to really do this and really focus on trying to write some songs, it's going to be now. And so I signed up and I ended up writing uh, all 14 songs in only 18 days. So I really, really surprised myself. And uh, I'm so, I'm so glad I did it. And so um, Brave and Free was a song that, that came out of this project. And during the time that I wrote it, I had been reading a lot of books by Brene Brown, who is amazing. Um, I read uh, Daring Greatly and also The Gifts of Imperfection. And so I was definitely focused on getting over my perfectionism, which I'm a huge perfectionist. And uh, I ended up writing this song, and a lot of the phrases from the song are, you know, definitely inspired by a lot of uh, Brene Brownisms, you know, just just like the chorus itself, I mean, the brave and free, um, that definitely uh, speaks to a lot of things that she talks about in her book. And But just the general message of it is, you know, you can't just sit back and expect to get what you want out of life. You have to fight for it, and you have to face your fears. And it is so scary, but it's worth it, you know? So this song is dedicated to my brother Dan. Um, He's a couple years younger than me, and he... 
Uh, he suffers from depression and low self-esteem and social anxiety, just like I do. Um, and just like me, he's also struggling to find himself and where he fits in in the world. So I hope um, I hope he likes the song and um, he has heard it. Um, but I kind of hope that he can take the message of it to heart and hopefully get get out of where he lives, which is on Skid Row in L.A. in government-subsidized housing. So thank you so much, Brave Companions. I hope you like the song. Got a crappy apartment, but it's mine. Don't really work, but I'm doing fine. On Tuesday, I picked up my check from the welfare line. Each day, I was so inspired by Fiona's story and song and went right out and got daring greatly how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, love, parent, and lead by Brene Brown, an author who also greatly inspires my friend and fellow podcaster, Alan Standish. I have never read anything by Brene Brown before, but I've been meaning to. Wow, I was absolutely blown away by this book. So many concepts Brene talks about as a shame and vulnerability researcher and the method she recommends to overcome shame resonates so much with what we are doing here. We are a loving, empathetic community. We share our truth, even the shameful things, and we accept each other. After reading this, I am not only inspired, but I understand how this show and my connections with all of you brave companions have made me feel so dang much better really interesting stuff. I'll put a link to this book today on today's show notes in case you'd like to check it out too. 
But before we wrap up today's show, I want to share with you another exciting development. And that's that Fiona has agreed to help me work on a dream I've been having, and that's to come up with a brave companion theme or anthem, a song about us, the brave companions. So while I'm working on some notes and some lyric ideas, I'd like you, brave companions, to write me either at the contact form on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com or on Twitter at AdventureLori or The Bravery Coach, or email me at Lori at CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and tell me if you have some themes, ideas, lines, words, ideas that you'd like to see incorporated in this song that Fiona and I are writing together in the hopes that it will be something fun for us all to sing and it will bind us in our community. So thanks again, Fiona, for letting us hear your wonderful work. Thanks, everybody, for stepping up to welcome our new Brave Companions. And thank you personally for sending your messages to me and giving me support on the days when I'm happy, the days when I'm sad, and all the days in between. Because without you, my Brave Companions, I don't believe my life as it is today would be going as well as it is. So until next time, brave companions, you take care because the storm is coming now and I really, really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone, it won't be holding on to anything again. I'm letting go. I'm letting go